There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1114. Over at ID10T.com this weekend, which would be April 4th, 2021, uh, we are making available that day for pre-order the official Walking Dead Walkerhead polo shirt. It's a red polo shirt with a walker head on it. Uh, it is official Walking Dead merchandise. So go pre-order that starting this weekend, April 4th, 2021. And then you can have it. You can own it. Also, um, we have just uh, posted a new t-shirt series, which is, it's called ID10T Horror. And I guess the best way that I can describe it is, imagine uh, like um, uh, horror movie villains depicted as Swedish furniture instructions, I guess is the best way to describe it. You'll know what I'm talking about if you go see it, but the shirts are available in a variety of colors, uh, and we've just put up uh, four or five, I believe, and we're going to post more um, in the coming weeks. You can get information on all of this stuff if you subscribe to the ID10T email list. Just go to ID10T.com to do that. Um, thanks for listening to all that. Let's talk about uh, you, the ID10T community, the ID10T community corkboard events at ID10T.com. Uh, this is from Tiffany who writes, I just started a new uh, community design sticker subscription on Patreon. So whoever signs up will be able to pick the theme and help design the piece of art that I carve and paint, Tiffany says. Um, once a piece is done, everyone will get a sticker of the final piece and a chance to win it. Kicks off March 1st, which is already passed, so that is going on now. Uh, you can join at patreon.com slash nightcarverdesigns. Uh, Instagram is nightcarverdesigns, at nightcarverdesigns. Thank you so much, Tiffany. It's a great idea and a great community-focused idea. What a wonderful idea for a Patreon. So events at id10t.com for anyone else uh, who has a thing they want to promote. This episode is my old friend Alan Tudyk whom I've known for 20 years now, because we're old and we had friends for many decades. Um, Alan has been in a million things that you have seen or heard, um, uh, t tons of stuff that, I mean, for, uh, let's talk Rogue One, he was K2SO, uh, he was King Candy and Wreck-It Ralph, he was Wash and Firefly, um, he has been in uh, Done Voices and Rick and Morty, uh, Harley Quinn, Robot Chicken, American Dad, I mean, it's an incredible list of credits that this man has. He also uh, is in a movie called Raya and the Last Dragon that's coming out, uh, and currently is uh, on a series on sci-fi called Resident Alien, which looks fantastic. And it just had its season finale on March 31st, but you can watch the entire season uh, on Peacock, which is NBC Universal streaming service. So if you go to Peacock, you can watch the first season of Resident Alien. And I'm pretty sure it got picked up for a second season. So congratulations to Alan Tudyk for that. But 
I love having Alan on the podcast because he just makes me laugh. He's just a funny guy, super quick, super riffy, and uh, and just uh, there's a lot of fun riffs in this one. It was an absolute pleasure. So here we go, the ID10T podcast number eleven fourteen with the very funny Alan Tudyk. Roll the thing. Initiating ID10T protocol. Hey. <laughs> Alan Tudyk. How you doing, Chris? What's happening? Man, not much. How have you been? I've been really good. We kind of moved to Vancouver. I, <laughs> I, I feel like I've heard a lot of that lately. People go, we kind of... It's just like the, it was a it was sort of that moment where people were somewhere else and they're like, I think we just live here now. I think that's exactly is, what happened. I have friends who did that with in Austin, like other people are like, <laughs> oh, it turns out I don't really need to live in L.A. for any real reason anymore. And uh, so I'm just uh, this other place is fine. is nice. I'm just going to stay here. We just live here now. Yes. Are you still in L.A.? We are still in LA. We we haven't we haven't gone anywhere. Um, although the one thing where you choose to go, <laughs> well, there's no. I mean, there. Yeah, exactly. Like even uh, as things have started to open up, we're like, you know, we could go to Santa Barbara and, and go to a hotel, and we're like, but what? Uh, you know, here <laughs> we have our dog. We can we can get groceries. Like I don't know. Yeah, my yeah. wife really wants to has this dream that we're going to eventually just spend chunks of our year in Ireland. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but it's certainly not going to be this month, but uh, at (laughs) some point, at some point, but I hear Vancouver is just damn delightful right now. Have you, have you spent any time here? I've spent a lot of time in Vancouver. I've performed up there. It has a great comedy scene. It's a great town. Um, Yeah. I, I absolutely adore Vancouver. I just haven't been up there in a handful of years. I hated it. I hated this place. I hated it. I came up here for iRobot in 2004. I stayed here for six months and was like, man, these people, they're so chatty. Canadians are so, they just, everybody wants to chat and they're friendly, but it's like, it's invasive. They all follow rules. They don't cross on the crosswalk uh, when it says don't walk. That's, which, that's good though. That's having good. lived in New York, I was just, oh. it, I took it personally as an affront. Like, what's wrong with you? We <laughs> all have to walk. And now I, I, I love it, man. You know what else they do on crosswalks is when they do cross, especially if it's counting down in the five, four, three, two, one, they do a little trot to go past as opposed to LA where people will just stand in the road to have they weirdly do that they'll step off the curb and just stand there it's it's very strange i mean you know new york is a very pedestrian culture la is not particularly pedestrian so that brings its own set of challenges of people don't necessarily know how to be pedestrians (laughs) 
I feel like nobody has any power in LA or, or your power's under threat or your power is just such a big part of being in LA uh, that people who are walking across the street, that is a moment where they're in control. They have power. Right. And so they will take their time, read every text they need to read while they saunter in front of your car. Cause they, yeah, they're in charge. In Maybe in their head, they're on in their head. They're, auditioning a character i'm a crosswalker <laughs> and who would this crosswalker be well you know today that person is someone who's checking their texts uh maybe there's a a text they're waiting for from someone uh, they're you know they they have to go uh, walk their dog and but then tomorrow it would be a different you know now i'm a power walker and they're swinging their arms so it could just be a lot of character work alan i guess i don't know the power walker i've never seen it's always I'm a sauntering, I'm a le- lethargic, I'm a someone with gout. Th- those are the characters I have to. I have to really <laughs> s- slow, slow walk those few feet. They have to go. Oh but in, Van- in Vancouver, though, it's it's been pretty right because the 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 quarantines are so strict in in Canada that that it, it's it, it has probably felt a little or I'm asking, has it felt at least a little more closer to normal um, in recent times because it's they're very strict about it? People will follow the mask rules and there isn't that whole question that's been going on. It wasn't politicized here. So people will follow the mask rules in stores and things stayed open more or less. Restaurants are still, like all of our favorite restaurants are closed, but we don't go to those we're going, we want that shot. And then we'll go do all of the things again. But until right. then, I, it's just, I don't want to roll those dice, man. Because it is, it's either, oh, I don't feel anything or the worst. Or devastating. Yes. Yeah. Uh, torture. So I'm, you know, no, I don't, I'm not good in those, in those no, situations. And, and honestly, we're, we are very comfortable homebodies as yeah. it is. And, uh, you know, the, the trick will be how to un, unbreak that and how to break that habit, that pattern of like, uh, not only do we not have to go anywhere, we kind of can't go anywhere, you know, yeah. like of, of, of leaving the safety of our home. I love it. There's a lot of permission to just sit around. It's great. Play video games. Do you still have a place in L.A. or did you just give it up? It's been given back to nature as far as I know. <laughs> It's been reclaimed like those old Discovery Channel specials where it's like nature, you know, over several generations, the earth, and it's just all the overgrowth and then the animals nesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's coyotes, raccoons, uh, mainly, yeah, possums. So as far as you're concerned, an asteroid hit uh, California, Los Angeles, and you were just never, you're like, well, that's it. We're not, we can't, everything that was there is there and we're just going to move on. We'll just get new stuff. Well, we don't, I don't wear any of those clothes anyway. It's fine. I don't need any of that stuff anymore. Isn't that obnoxious? Let's also, just buy it. Let's I was just saving from all those shows. Do you save scripts from shows that you worked on? Do you have a box of old scripts? I do, but I, there was a point when I moved and I dumped a bunch of them, which were all of my Firefly scripts. Like, what? Like, why? Because <laughs> it was at a time when Firefly didn't seem like it was going to, it was just a show that got canceled. You know uh, what? Honestly, though, there are things that you will, and I understand what you mean. Like, oh, that's 
you know, th- those were special things. But at the same time, it's difficult to know. It's just difficult to know because you, you know, like that's where you start getting into hoarding where you're yep. like, I might need this someday. And, and even though like the, these shows are special and they, you know, the audiences cherish them and, you know, I'm sure a lot of fans would be like, you did what? <laughs> but at the same time, everyone has stuff that survives one, two, three, five moves. And that number of things just continues to grow. <laughs> and you think you might need stuff someday and you never, it just ever, you never go back to those things. The only time you look at them is when you're moving and you take them and place them in a new thing in your new place that you never look at. Do you have, yes, that's, I have all of that stuff. I have, a t- I have some really cool stuff too. I've got a t-shirt from the Plano, Plano Community Theater that we all wore the same t-shirt. It had Marcel Marceau's face on it for some reason. Uh, that was their, that was their emblem. And we all wore the same t-shirt when we did our play, the most fabulous fable factory or uh, the, yeah, I think that's what it's called. The fable factory. Uh, we did it at the mall, Collin Creek mall. And it was the first play I ever did. I think it was 11 or 12 years old. And I still have that t-shirt. That, okay. That is a very, of course. And it's just yeah. one, it's just one shirt. It's not right. like a box. And it's so small. Cause I was 11. Listen, I still have, like five seasons of crew jackets from singled out they're in a box (laughs) why wouldn't i save those i never wore them because that would have been weird but i'm kind of getting to the point now where i think like it might actually be really funny if i wear them now you know (laughs) yeah 25 years later now it's like it would have been it would have been thirsty like 25 years ago but now i kind of feel like I think I could get away with it, but, but there, but the unfortunate thing is that the nineties were a period of time where things were very large. Like we didn't wear fitted clothes in the nineties. Right. There's a lot of baggy pants, a lot of baggy gas station shirts. And, uh, and so I, I think it would be comically large on me. Although at one time it probably looked very cool, but now, so I'd be wearing a show that I did in the nineties and it wouldn't fit. So I, I don't, I'm not so sure. I have a feeling that fit is coming back. It's got, it's got to at some point that it, like where is, the shoulder way down here. Yeah. Oh, it is here. What am I talking? It is here. Yeah. But if it, if it, if it, if it, I'm too old for it now though. Like I, 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 I think I'm just, you know, from here on out, it's just kind of like, you know, clothes that fit. I, I don't, I can't, I don't feel like I can take too many big fashion swings anymore. Cause I talk about this sometimes about mm. how, cause I like, you know, I like my hair, the kind of like, you know, that's sort of strategically messed up hair where you purposely mess it up, but it looks like, Hey, I just rolled out of off a a campsite. And, uh, and when you're in your twenties, it looks very cool. But boy, when you start getting older, you just look crazy. Like it doesn't, there isn't anything where it's like, Oh, that's so wild. It's like, Oh, that guy, he just, he didn't, didn't, he doesn't realize that his hair is all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. I, I have right now. I'm doing a uh, a role where I'm not allowed to cut my hair and I have the just messed up version of my hair is a ridiculous, it's Doc Brown. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I've got, I do have some gray coming in too. I just turned 50. Man, I just turned 50. How is it? Last night, my wife was talking about uh, uh, somebody she was in a meeting with and she said, you know, and he had, 
it was a really smart, fresh idea. And he's he's older. He's like in his fifties. I was like, baby, I'm fifty in one day, and you can't pull that crap out. Oh, you just have a birthday? Yeah, yes, yes, day before yesterday, something like that. Ah, yes, thank you. The, the, the day we're recording this is uh, March 18th, so March 17th was. Oh no, March 16th. So March 16th, March 16th for yeah. your birthday. Yeah, so we're you're you're gonna cross it before I will, but soon ish, gonna cross the um, uh, Brimley Cruise threshold, right? Oh, oh. The, you know that when everyone kind of was like, you know, when Tom Cruise is still in Tom Cruise form, and it's like, oh, he's the same age that Wilford Brimley was when he did Cocoon, <laughs> and you're like, what? You know, uh, <laughs> or I'm, I watch a lot of old. Um, I, I I fucking love the old Perry Mason show. I, really? I watch it. Every, I have terrible insomnia. I wake up at like three or four in the morning every night. I go in the other room so I don't wake my wife, and I just watch old Perry Masons. And there are actors in there, character actors that you see like on Twilight Zone. Like they just recur on all of those fifties and sixties shows. And people that I think of as elderly, I look them up and it's like, they were 55. You know, it's like you see Burgess Meredith. You're like, he was 55 now? What the holy fuck, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so when I look at you, I to me, you if you told me you were 38, I'd believe it, or 35, 40, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. Is that just a protection feature that we have because of our age? Or we actually do look younger than the previous generation, right? We do look younger than we do. We do. Because our livers aren't under constant barrage from like liquor lunches and <laughs> we're not soaking cigarettes in bourbon and then yeah. just smoking four packs a day of them. Yeah. Now that people people lived very, very differently. It was it was awful. Uh, yeah, we, we look we look great. And you look better than that. You somehow you don't age the same way. I've I've now got new things that I've just I'm coming to terms with. I don't want to point them out, but just like on my like the skin. And then I look at my dad and I'm like, now I now I'm studying my dad's face, like, oh, okay. So there, yeah, I see. I'm gonna get that one. <laughs> like, I'm you're that looking, like just looking through like a magic mirror of time. Oh, I see. Okay, so I gotta I gotta look forward to that. Yes, all right. It's a, it's a topographical that's, map. That skin tech um, new, or did that? My uh, is that in my future? Is that what's the? <laughs> yeah, can you get that? Have you tried to fix this on yourself, or that's just you? Do you do I have to just accept it as well? I don't. The thing that I really don't. The thing that's the the cruel, uh, the cruel trick of nature is that as we get older, for a lot of people, the the hair on your head will start to thin but then it like escapes down through your ears and nostrils. Like it's like all of these weird parts that shouldn't be really hairy is like, why don't you, how do we, how do we, can we graft like pieces of our ear onto our head? (laughs) Does it work that way? I don't understand. (laughs) You can get new hair if you want. You can get, if you ever decide, I have a buddy who did this and he got, and I think Matthew McConaughey did it. Because that's that's what my buddy told me. He's like, McConaughey did it. He looks great. And you can look at pictures of him. And he had like what I'm pointing to now, this receding hairline uh, that he, they pull it, they pull like a line of it out here and they put it in here and it grows. It sounded like you were going to say, a buddy of mine did this in his garage. Like there's (laughs) (laughs) He took his cat, man. And man, 
<laughs> I mean, cats got a ton of hair. Cat don't need a lot of hair. Hell cat, no. Cat, cat hair grow back. They they got so much they're coughing it up in balls, buddy. <laughs> That's how much they're giving it to you it's a gift <laughs> when your cat cough up a hairball he like son put this on your head come on man what you doing over there take a hint shit yeah, yeah. I, I really thought that was like a home a home hair surgery thing that i i have seen youtube videos before where people do like oh here's uh i did liposuction on myself and a guy will do <gasps> like he'll put the thing in it does not look like it's done very well but it's it was fat. It's fascinating. Really disgusting, but no. also, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like he just pulls it out of his stomach and he creates this thing with a jar and a thing and it goes in and and then, but then it's all kind of lumpy. Like it's not. It doesn't look like a healthy thing to do. But I think it was just a hey. Here's a thing that you know. Not that you should do like DIY cosmetic surgery, but 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 there's, you know, there are people out there who are doing it for you on the internet. I did not know that. I that is it. That is one that you can. I've seen videos of people getting liposuction, and done with by a doctor. It looks like a terrible idea. It yeah. looks very violent. And the thing about you know, plastic surgery, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> so many rich people, they don't. They can't do it. So all the money and you would assume that they would get good doctors or have the best um, best doctors available to them that they end up looking the same, like the same person. Yeah. I mean, and you know, and in cases, and I, you know, I never begrudge people, whatever makes them feel better. And obviously there are some cases if people have had an accident or something that they, you know, want to, you know, dramatically, you know, for their own, you know, for their self-esteem or they want right. to feel better and stuff. But, the, but there is that kind of like thing where people just get it. And then to me, the thing that's, well, number one, I think people look cool when they age. Like, I just think, you know, everyone, you know, like, because it's, if you kind of take care of yourself, it looks nice. Like it, it, there's like a nice natural thing to it. But I think it's like that thing with tattoos where you get one and then all of a sudden you get a thousand, you know, (laughs) people just start People just start doing that thing. You remember that thing where you're trying to level out your sideburns and you're like, nah, I got, oh, fuck, okay, now, oh, now I got to go back to the other one. And then you have no sideburns. It's like, if you lift one thing, it's like, shit, now I got to lift this. Oh, well, now that looks weird. Yeah. Then it's this like, tr- then all of a sudden it just becomes this whole, you were just trying to spackle in a nail hole, but then you ended up completely re-drywalling <laughs> your house. And, uh, and I think that's where it gets dicey. And I think people get addicted to it. Well, drywall is another home version of plastic surgery that some have tried and, and can work. Spackle, it spackle works. and drywall. That's spackle. You know what? You just put a little bit of toothpaste like right there. It just covers up the hole, you know? That's all you got to do. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you, do you, you, did you buy a place in Vancouver or are you renting your place in Vancouver? No, we bought a place. We full oh, on did it. Oh, you're booking for real. Yeah. Yeah, we live here. Well, I haven't been home in over a year. Like we were doing Resident Alien. It uh, March happened. Everybody went home, um, and we've been watching the news. And we're like, "There's no way America is going to handle this well." <laughs> Especially because the the president at that time was very, you know, there's a lot of anti science people there, and uh, they handled it even worse than we thought. Um, so anyway, it was spring, it was summer. We we're like, this is the best time to be here anyway. And we'd been wanting to move out of LA. So we had already had an instinct. I wanted to move to Australia. I want to move to Melbourne. Melbourne. Oh, wow. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I haven't God. been there in years, but absolutely gorgeous the last time I was there. Yeah. So I'm, we, we're in love with that place. It's just so far. And then we got here and we're like, wait a second, hold on. We love it here. And we, and we live right by the park, Stanley Park. I'm there every day. I, I, I love that place. I, I, there's, there are places in there. It's bigger than Central Park. It's a third bigger than Central Park. It is left. It has trails through it, but then there's a lot of trails inside that aren't marked. And there's a lot of little trails that they seem like trails and then they dry, the trail dries up and then you, it becomes impassable. It is just like a rainforest, a temperate rainforest that they just left there that is just aging and trees are falling and oh my god i love it i love it i love it it's so alive it's are you so... Canadian? no but my wife is so we have that helping me stay here got it got it got it got it got yeah. it yeah yeah and i, I just keep doing jobs i'm just like you got a vancouver production give alan tudyk a call <laughs> he's an actor on hire he works for a visa <laughs> well i would imagine you probably because sci-fi shoots in vancouver so i would imagine you yeah. probably shot resident alien up there Yes. Yeah. That's where we, that's why I was here originally. And now we just got our second season. So I, I don't have, I mean, now we're going to come home now. That's the sort of ironic things. We're going to come home because uh, Vancouver, especially of all of Canada really uh, screwed up the rollout of the vaccines. So um, we're going to go back home to get inoculated got and it. clear out some of the raccoons and <laughs> I don't know. You walk in, the raccoons are going to be playing poker. There's going to be like a fucking mountain lion taking a shit in your bathroom. It's like all this. It's just going to be just a. It's just literally reclaimed by actually literally reclaimed by nature. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a hill house now. It's become part of the hill. But we'll we'll see what we can we'll see what we can take and bring back up here. I don't know. I, people, it's, everybody says it's a great, uh, right now people are buying homes in LA. It's, it's a great market for homes in LA. Yeah. You just sell it. Why is it a great market in, for homes in LA? Why well, because I think because it, you know, when a lot of the country, I, I, I think piling on weather, like bad weather in a lot of parts of the country with mm. being stuck at home, you know, like in LA, we've been fortunate enough to be able to go outside right. almost the entire time right? and have, 
And, you know, when you're stuck in your house, I mean, when, when people are kind of going about their, you know, busy, normal lives, they're distracted all the time. But, but a lot of distractions were removed. And then I think, you know, people were like, oh, I'm stuck at home and the weather's bad and it's depressing and there isn't really anything. So I think a lot of people, you know, kind of surrendered to the weather of Southern, I'm guessing surrendered to the weather of Southern California. Like, well, if I have to be stuck somewhere, at least it's, you know, it's 72 degrees outside. I mean, they're right. There really is something to having nice, clear skies, you know, and someone had pointed out a long time ago, well, it's not, it's not that LA is a beautiful city. It's just that the sky is blue and that's beautiful. So when people are saying LA is beautiful, they're looking up at the, at the sky. They're not actually, you know, right. It's, you know, but it, it, it's, yeah, I mean, we, we like the pocket that we like, we like our, we like our house and we, you know, I think LA is a nice city. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever got over my <clears throat> my initial uh, my early contempt for LA coming from New York. Well, but also because I think my my guess is that you know you're a theater guy and you came from a strong acting background, and then you come to LA specifically for work to audition, and that process sucks. <laughs> Right. You know, like the like the the auditioning television film actor. Uh, so you're driving all over everywhere all day, every day, looking for parking and waiting for auditions. And there's and it's anchored with a lot of, you know, like we all have a lot of rejection and a lot of bad stuff and a lot of, you know, seeing a lot of, you know, people not at their, you know, like actors kind of being smarmy. And, uh, and so I'm sure it just kind of like bakes in and listen, yeah. you know, like all, all of our friends are performers. I don't mean like act, but, 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 you know, if you came here when well, I'm guessing you came here, which is probably in the mid to late nineties, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can understand why you're, you, you kind of were forced to come here in a way because of work, not because you chose to come here because you thought it was rad. Yeah. Yeah. That was a different time. God, that was a different time back then, the 1990s in Los Angeles when would you go test for pilots and you do all of that whole. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a different time. That is, that is when I first got introduced to LA. I actually had an apartment in LA that I, I was, I was doing a play on Broadway uh, and I, we were, it was terrible. And <laughs> we got, we, we were canceled. This is my, my whole, my vocabulary is so LA now we were um, closing and somebody said, Hey, I got an, somebody who has an apartment in LA if anybody wants to move to LA. And I was like, I'm done with this theater thing. It's because we all talked. And uh, I flew to LA, started an apartment there, left my apartment in New York, all the stuff there. And then. Wait, this is a pattern. I know, I think it is. But then I flew, well, because hopefully this isn't a pattern because it went, it got <laughs> kind of kooky. I, I then, when I, I came back to New York to do another play. And I was always making excuses to leave LA. And, uh, and I called a moving company and said, go to this address. You can get the key from my next door neighbor. Everything you see inside, pack it up, put it in boxes and bring it to this address in New York City. I am done with LA. I hate that place. I'm never going back. That place is a ridiculous place. And this moving truck came and I fit two apartments worth of crap into one apartment in New York. And then I got a, called to go test for a show called firefly and then i never went back to new york (laughs) this is a pattern 
it's yeah it's i i feel like you accumulate stuff and then at a certain point you are done with it and then you just sort of let the city or nature reclaim whatever is there it, it is like a it is it is sort of a if you were to do like a Marie Kondo style show rather than like picking up stuff and going, does it spark joy? Just go. So um, pick up one thing that sparks joy and then leave. (laughs) Someone else will just deal with everything else that's there. And then it's not your fucking problem anymore. (laughs) Tune into my new show, cut bait and run. That's. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Just cut bait. Oh, yeah, that's what that's that's what I did. Boxes of scripts. I'm not really sure. I guess this person was an actor. I'm not really sure. <laughs> not really sure. But it is it is nice to. I would imagine at this point, though, you probably feel pretty rooted now, right? Do you feel settled? Do you feel like this is it? We're gonna we're gonna stay here in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have. I'm working on my dual citizenship. I'm getting I'm, so I I am wanting to live here, but you have I feel I don't know I I I need to go once I go back to LA a lot of stuff is going to become clear. You got to go back and touch base, and when you touch base there, then suddenly you realize oh, I've always hated it here, or oh we have to stay, or I love I mean I see pictures of my place. I have a really cool place in LA. It's very. Very cool. Very different from this place. I have taxidermy and weird stuff. You have weird stuff around your house too, I think. Yeah, we have we have vintage taxidermy. We have horror movie props. I don't know if you can see in the background. Like that's a there's a there's a movie prop from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is the, I mean, it's like we just have this stuff cool over the place. How cool! Yeah, yeah. So we we if we just vanished from in, into thin air and someone didn't know us and they came into this house, they'd be like. What, what what did these people do? You know, because it looks like, it, in you know, in some senses, it looks like a weird Victorian science museum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Or movie props too. Yeah. So, are you going to bring all that stuff back up to Vancouver's with you? Oh no, no, no. This nope. is this this place is a. It's so it's very different. Has a whole different thing going we have really nice art and there's no room for i did buy one recently i just got this um thing there's a there's a there's an auction thing you may know about it katawaki katawiki oh i don't know this at all uh see i'm giving this out now people are going to know about it i'm going to have to we're going to be against one another um it is i just bid on some stuff this morning so it'll be in my um thing it is a European one, but stuff gets shipped really fast and I never have a problem with it. And there's some really cool stuff. So I got a, the thing that I just got is, um, it's a science model of how seeds grow. So it's, oh, yeah. it, but it's like from the uh, early 19th century, or I mean, uh, either the early 20th century or late 19th century. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, all those, all those old, Victorian era anatomical models and yes oh I models and yeah. I got a stack of um, disease uh, out of out of a book where where there there was syphilis <laughs> they're like <laughs> you got syphilis from a book what I got say yes um, uh, I know and I've been I, I know I, I've been taking Lysol to everything I bring in the house but this got by me um. <laughs> It's so in the old days before they had photographs, they would paint 
pictures of these things, which is why these old models, these old medical models and things like that are, are so interesting to me because they're, they're art. They're, they were educational tools, but they're art. So these are paintings of people with syphilis, people with how, not, not like their genitals. <laughs> they're like, you can get it on your arms. So I just got a big stack of some syphilis. I got these <laughs> different how to treat syphilis. Uh, I don't know what, but syphilis is definitely a big deal all over the place. And I mean, yeah, it really had a moment, you know, like it really was, it really was, uh, it really was uh, A-list a back in the uh, Victorian times. <laughs> anyone who's anyone has syphilis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was like, yeah, it's, it basically was like uh, social media. And everyone's on syphilis. And when you're not on syphilis, well, then you don't, you want a career, right? Well, you got to get on syphilis. It just, it just sounds like an app from the Victorian time. But all that stuff, you know, it, you're right. It's, it's because they, they, they just had like world-class artists painting these gorgeous, you know, whether it was animals or plants or, or. Right. Oh, those or are great. Or, or whatever. And uh, and that that's a real aesthetic, you know, like the 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 buying and trading of those those like roll up posters. They were on that kind of like wooden dowel and they yep. sort of un, unfurl. And, uh, you know, and especially I mean, you get the ones that are in French. Oh, I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. It, just come on. Yeah. I have one of, uh, I had, I bought a, of worms. They're like round worms. And it's like all these cool round worms. It's one of the, it's rolled up on the stuff with the wood dowels. It's French. It's the, the black. It's kind of got a chalky substance. Uh, it's kind of like, it feels like you could write chalk on it. It's made of fabric on the back. And I was like, I don't know why I just love this thing. It's just the red, I guess it's the reds and the, the contrast with the green and the black and these this worm and then these little round worms. And then I, I had it in my office. And then one day I looked, I was like, oh, that's just penises and vaginas. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. It's, that's what it turned out to be or? or no, it's just, it, 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 they look like a bunch of penises and vaginas. Right, right, right. If you, not, not that my penis has worms. I don't want to, I don't well, want to. Okay, because that's what, I was that's concerned about you for a second. Right, so I'm no. glad. No, not anymore. Those are gone. Glad that you do not have genital round worms. No, no, just the syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 the syphilis kills any of the worms yeah the is that they don't the worms really hate the syphilis so <laughs> they don't the syphilis keeps the worms out yeah so i guess you know silver lining i suppose if you really want to <laughs> talk about making lemonade then uh no worms no worms no so worms. I, <clears throat> that one uh is not hanging in my house anymore, but it is, it's, it's like an abstract painting of genitalia. I really think that the, uh, you know, a lot of us who are into the, that, that old timey stuff, there's a real market for it now and it's gotten expensive. Like it used to be, you know, you'd find that stuff like in an antique mall yep. and like, Oh, this, you know, 30 bucks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, the markup has been uh, quite dramatic in, in, in the last handful of years for that kind of stuff the store i bought that worm penis vagina thing was in la it was called oh it was over on Be 
Beverly, I think. I can't remember streets anymore. I've been gone so long. Um, <laughs> it, it, anyway, I went there and, and was looking at their posters, see what else they had. And they only had copies. And I said, do you not have the original? She said, we don't sell the originals. And I said, oh, I bought an original here of some worms. And she goes, I don't think we've ever sold those. <laughs> like, oh, so you figured out how to just make copies. And Are you thinking of necromance on Melrose? No, I, 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 I sold a bunch of stuff to necromance. I sold them a, I sold them a, a wax model of a leg that had smallpox. <laughs> sentence what a sentence that you get to say that actually is a thing that happened it's not, you're not just free associating it's not a riff it's not a comedy riff i sold necromance a wax model of a leg with smallpox like that's a real earnest thing you said <laughs> and by the way i didn't even blink i'm like oh i totally get it yeah i totally, I totally get what he's talking about that's where i used to get my uh taxidermied mice I yeah, they. Uh, I uh, uh, I wonder if they're still open. I'm not sure if Necromance is still. Mm. Uh, but maybe they are. Yeah, they oh, were. Uh, I just looked it up on Yelp. Yelpers report this location has closed. Oh, I know. I'm so so. Who knows? You know, someone ho hopefully ended up with your uh, smallpox leg. I'm sure it was a good piece. That and very good people. probably had no idea that it belonged to uh, Wash slash K2SO. They, right. they probably will never know that uh, that that's that's where that came from. Yeah, it's a pedigree for. <laughs> and whoever whoever the bastard was who had the smallpox, who was sitting for that uh, artist to mold that leg because it was a very old piece. So I'm pretty sure. They were either looking at cadaver with, uh, what are the history of these things? That's what blows me away. These things, they, ah, the history of them. Yeah, uh, because anyway. especially it's, you know, you're talking about a, a time when people were really uh, making strides, it, like strides in, in, in modern medicine. And so they were very focused on science and very focused on, you know, what ended up sort of becoming, you know, modern medicine. And, uh, and so it's just a fascinating period because you, you can really, you really get the sense that they were really learning. Like they were, it's like, there was a real, like, we have to figure this out for humanity vibe that, that goes along with it. So the, so the history, the weight of that also, uh, is, is, is part of it, you know, yeah. it's like they really, you know, like obviously no internet in the uh, late 1800s. How would anyone have known what this thing would have looked like? Yeah. Know what to look out for. Uh, pretty much everything was a word of mouth. So how would they know? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's, it just, when you think about it as a time capsule of the period too, it's, it's really fascinating. Yeah. But none of that in my new, well, that's not true. I say none of that. I have a model of, of seeds growing, which is very appropriate here because we're right by the park and everything is, is alive. And are lush. the seeds syphilitic in any way or are they just normal seeds? <laughs> you know what? It doesn't get to the part where they bloom. That's when you, that's when it, the syphilis blooms. It, you don't see it until, the, the, <laughs> until it fully opens. It gets a bad rap, but it's actually gorgeous. Like it just like... <laughs> 
the flowering. We thought it was going to flower, but it opened and it was a sore. That's just <laughs> open sore. This is plant. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage in a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at amazon.com slash instant eraser foundation. Is it, st- it still trips me out that, number one, that I've known you for 20 years, and also that, and we were very much adults when we met and worked together <laughs> 20 years ago, uh, but it still like bends my brain that you're a part of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. That's still really amazing. Like, is 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 K two S O is uh, obviously because that film was was a very standalone piece. Yeah. Um. And and self contained. Uh. Obviously because it had to be to sort of set up what it set up. I don't know why I'm talking like like I'm afraid of spoilers. I feel like people. You know, if they haven't seen Rogue One now, they probably, yeah. you know. Uh, check it out. There's a reason they haven't watched it. Go check it out if you haven't. It's a really good one. And is it, are, are you, do, 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 do they still, do you still do stuff? Do you occasionally record stuff for like any of the parks or do you do? Any? No, it's weird. Like that, it's something that I believe that I feel like um, Marvel does really well or strives to do is incorporate all of their stories into one you know if if a movie if there's an event in a movie then it affected all the characters and their storylines going forward will reference those things that happened it they don't live in their own pockets of reality so much they cross over into each other's stories um star wars doesn't do that their stories are are disjointed in a way, whereas the K2SO droid kind of, he only lives in Rogue One, that model of droid. <clears throat> and he isn't in anything else. So the coming, the thing with Ant, with um, Andor, with Andor? Cassian Andor, yeah, Andor. <clears throat> that's going to be coming out. Um, that's one of the neatest things about it, that even though I'm not in it the first season, I think there's going to, it's going to be a world that has K2SO droids. So it'll be cool to see them and see a world that has that droid around. I think yeah. if, it, if, if it was a better, like, cause, like if you could cosplay it easier, it might be in more <laughs> things. 
<laughs> You've got well, to be really committed to come really up with that. Cool. Like there's video of a, of a person who did this insane general grievous cosplay where they're completely in, um, you know, they've built it onto this like black bodysuit. Yeah. And so it, it, so it allows the grievous to be bigger than a person, but also uh, move in the way that, that he moved. So I feel like cosplayers are very resourceful and I'm sure number one, someone's people have done it and people will continue to do it. And I also imagine that, you know, the Mandalorian might have ushered in an era of interconnectivity um, that previously was not, not necessarily, I mean, you know, Marvel it's, it's Kevin Feige is the sort of story master who kind of like weaves everything and see, you know, it's like, well, he's a fan and he wants to see all that stuff. So he knows he's come, I, you know, he's coming at it from that place. And I think for a long time, Star Wars didn't necessarily have that kind of a, and also just, you know, year, so many years of, of lore and movies and stuff. And so, but, but, but I feel like that's, like when when it happens, people love it. I mean, when yeah. you and I were growing up, you know those cartoons of like Laugh Olympics, where they had all the Hanna Barbera characters together in one. Yes. Thing. Oh my God! So you're saying that Huckleberry Hound knows Fred Flintstone? What the fuck? You know. <laughs> so it uh, or or what or whatever. So it it I I I feel like that's probably changing. Yes, I, I think that even between on the Star Wars, the the new. Uh, trilogy of star wars movies that they came out with and i'm not going to know any of the titles because i suck between the first the second and the third they came back around well there's no reason that you couldn't just uh get someone to cg k2so into other star wars movies and then you could just voice them voice them pick some scenes and yeah. then, you know like people could fucking do you know like cinema quality cg on their iphones Someone out there will do that for you, and then you could just uh, voice it and put it on fucking Instagram or something. Who's gonna get mad at that? You know, you know, it's like a little known fact. Uh, KTSL was actually uh, on Jabba's barge, in- <laughs> and then you could just be in the background going, "Oh my," or whatever. And, uh, and I think it's—I uh, don't see any reason why you couldn't do that. You're the guy, so I feel like you have a lot of control. Uh, and maybe you will manifest that in the universe where people are like, Hey, it turns out people want to see K2SO and things. Let I'm, I'm all for it. I'm definitely, uh, a fan of that character. He's, uh, he's like a kid. He says the things that, that nobody else is saying. And he, he says things wrong and just blurts things out. I love that. I love characters like that. That gives, they have so much permission to just, (laughs) just be rude and there's so many funny things you can say if you're if you're given license to say whatever you want it's fun. yeah but but the, but but the character was heavily influenced by you as well i mean i yeah I, yeah, you know, yeah i know you riffed a lot and so yeah. i feel like whereas if someone played a character that was heavily written it might be a little more difficult for them but but like i said you're the you're the you're the droid so mm-hmm. You have a lot of freedom, I think, just for fun, just for fun satire and whatnot. You could if you wanted to. And then I think people would go, oh, you know, people really want to see this K2SO. And then also like create my own thing, like do like a K2, a K2 thing on my own. 
you, you, you could just do some shorts and then just post them on Instagram. I don't think anyone would, you know, as long as they weren't offensive. Like I think people- See, would... I feel like I should listen to you. you. The last time we talked, you I had said that I always wanted to do a King Candy Sings Vaudeville songs from, cause I do the voice of King Candy from Wreck-It Ralph. Yep. And, and, I, and I pitched this to, cause when I was little, I had 45 records that would be like, you'd, you'd have, um, 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 it would be Peter Pan. And then there would be a record that comes along with it. You yes. read the book and it goes, yeah. And you yes. listen along. And I, I wanted one of those with just King Candy singing songs. Of, uh, there's, I used to have a Jerry Lewis album uh, where he has all these comedy songs. The book was so much better than the picture. And there are all these kind of wonderful songs that he could sing. And since he was from vaudeville, for, um, Ed Wynn was an, originally a vaudeville actor who was based on. And I pitched it uh, to John Lasseter and he got conf a confused face. <laughs> like, are you really suggesting this and then moved away from me quickly and then i pitched it to him again at another party i was like listen john yeah really you gotta listen this is this is a good idea <laughs> it told him and i again he did the same kind of like uh-huh uh, 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 and then moved away and you said see, you should do that i think though that because of social media as long as you're not profiting from it you know, like the, you, you technically, it can fall under like parody law. You could just make these things as long as you're not selling it. I don't know who's going to stop you from making these kinds of fun things and putting them on. Maybe, maybe it's something you do for charity or maybe it's something right. you, you do, you know, for just cause, just cause you're sitting around Vancouver and you, you, you have the voices and, you know, I'm sure someone would, animate something around it or or like make the art that goes along with it so it's like someone makes the uh the the 45 i mean i know a ton of great artists i could connect you with someone who could make like the 45 album cover and then <laughs> you could just do the voices like turn the page and then <laughs> you know <laughs> you're like, I don't see any reason why you could any reason why you couldn't do that you know like then the, the what you know like tick tick tock you know it's a minute is like you could do you could do something for a fucking minute, you know? Like I, there's no reason why you couldn't do these things. I think people would be delighted. Hmm. But it would give you more work. <laughs> I got time. I think I think I've got it. Well, I have since since you made that recommendation before. I I was like no, I couldn't. I don't know. There's I wouldn't be able to do that. And I've since a couple of times thought like I should have listened to Chris. I think I <laughs> I think I maybe should have done that. <laughs> As if once you decide not to, it's completely passed. I mean, I, but, I think, you know, you, there, you have a real gift and a power in the fact that you are these characters. So you can just do stuff. You can, you know, and again, as long as it's not anything that's uh, going to upset the company uh, right. content wise, I don't see, I don't think they're going to go, stop it. I just think it's going to, I think everyone's going to be delighted because it's promoting the thing and it makes people happy and it's fun for you and you're good at it. And, you know, how about this when Andor comes out, which will be, I think next year, I'm, uh, I can just get a K2SO action figure and have him. Uh, critique each episode. <laughs> I don't know. That, that could be trouble. <laughs> the director's commentary. Yeah, <laughs> about him not being in there is a problem. You're That's like the note that he keeps giving. I mean, the composition 
everything's fine. Everyone looks, yeah. You know, but again, my main problem is like, where is KQSO? Not enough space. Like, that's his fault. There's a, look, there's enough space in the background. They could have fit him in. So I don't know why. He's just got a huge chip on his shoulder about not being disconnected. Was there a reason why? Why they didn't uh, reach out to him? Maybe, maybe that's that's just the first idea. I'll keep going. I'll keep coming up with other ideas. That one seems like it's got a lot of minefields. Uh, uh, not just one minefield, several minefields worth of, of problems that could explode in my face. So you do these characters as like you could do K two S O as like a you know like like a home renovation show where you he just talks about what he would do to a space. You know, like how he would freshen it up, but it's all just like super robotic shit. <laughs> I, I can do know. that. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. This is this weekly. Is... I'm just going to call you and pitch you ideas for stuff to do with your amazing voices. With my voice. <laughs> it's such a great, I mean, it's, it's voiceover work is amazing. And especially to do the kinds of like your fucking tentpole movies that you've worked on. It's, it's, you know, like you, it really is. It's it's pretty. It's pretty fantastic. It is. It's silly. It's silly. I, I John Lass, John Lasseter in um, uh, giving like when I did uh, Wreck It Ralph, and then which was just a reading. I was just supposed to do the reading. Somebody had stepped out of it right at the last minute, and I got my agent convinced them that I could do King Candy um, for the read through. And then John Lasseter said, it's really good to meet you after that read through. And then they put me in Frozen and uh, Jennifer Lee with Jennifer Lee, because she was also working on Wreck-It Ralph. And uh, now she runs, now she has John Lasseter's job. And so they've just sort of kept me around. And that is, that's so huge. I mean, that it, they are, I, I'm, I'm doing another Disney movie right now. I'm doing Peter Pan. Um, it's a live action I'm, I'm Mr. Darling. And, well, that's not quite how I sound. That's just my generic English English accent. Another English accent. And this kid, the kids are brilliant. And one of the children was telling me, he's like, I just can't believe I'm in a Disney movie. And I'm one of the leads. I, I mean, I, I can stand back and I, and I can't believe it. I'm in a Disney movie? And I... I'm one of the leads. Like it was the most beautiful moment. And it, first of all, he's smartest. And this, this kid isn't that old and he has this perspective. He's able to step out of himself and see his life looking at it from another perspective. He's got so much more on the ball than I ever had when I was 12. And, um, but that means something. Disney movies mean some these big movies. They mean some to kids. Oh my God. It's huge. Think about how influential, you know, how influential those movies were to us. I mean, like I, I, you know, like I, I subscribe to a lot of uh, just a thing that old people, older people do subscribe to a lot of retro stuff on Instagram and just see like the, you know, that, that wonderful world of Disney intro, you know, where I felt like, Oh my God, it's Sunday yeah. night. I, you know, whatever this movie is, Oh, it's the shaggy DA, you know, or whatever, <laughs> like those that like the feeling it's, it just, it just cements in your core being and whatever's going on, you can put that on and you hear the music and you see the colors and you see, you know, Tinkerbell flying up to the castle and, you know, like all the sparks flying out. And 
you just feel okay. Like, it, you know, like whatever is going on in your life. And so, yes, it's incredibly powerful as a child because it expands your imagination and it, and it, it really starts to give you the, the basic templates and understanding of storytelling and, and, you know, your connection to characters, but then also it's a gift that reaps rewards throughout your entire life when you're able to go back and watch it again. Yeah. I need to subscribe to that thing. The retro, just retro stuff on Instagram. I'll send you, I'll send you links. There's a bunch of them. Like there's a, there's a bunch of them that, and now Instagram's algorithm has caught on to that. I'm into this shit. So it's constantly just feeding me like, you know, retro Disney stuff from the, you know, fifties, sixties, seventies. And so I'll, I'll, I'll send you a bunch of the stuff. Cause it's, it's really, it's absolutely delightful. Nice. By the way, I uh, I, I was I, I have to watch Resident Alien. I didn't even realize you were in the show until <laughs> we're coming on the podcast, and I was like, "Oh my god, Alan's in that!" So I'm very excited to see it because the premise sounds fantastic. Because it, yeah. it, to me, it's like, "Oh yeah, this is this is an Alan Tudyk role of an alien who comes to destroy the planet and then just kind of ends up observing." It's, I don't know, it, it feels like it was tailor-made for you. It, it is in my... Comedy. Yeah, and it's a comedy. Yeah, it is in my wheelhouse. It's my, my it's one of my things, I feel like. He's kind of, because he's, he's in, similar to K2SO, he says things because he's an alien. He doesn't know, he doesn't have any social skills, so he'll just say things that he thinks and feels. You know, he, um, uh, he'll just walk out of a room without saying goodbye. He, he doesn't... He's just constantly inappropriate. He's also here to kill everyone. So he's he's bad in a yeah. He's here to kill everyone. That is bad. That that's definitely falls under the bad. But he's but he's funny. He's an idiot. He's a moron. He's a, there's a lot of physical comedy in it. He's he's stupid about humans. He wasn't supposed to be here. Uh, he, he was just supposed to drop off a bomb, kill all the humans, fly away. That was it. But he crash landed. And now he has to interact with them and figure out what humans are and how to how to survive until he can get his spaceship repaired and get off of the planet and then kill everybody. So, it, to me, this this what I'm what I'm thinking about. I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but it, it reminds me a little bit of that uh, fish out of water like sci-fi thing, like uh, Greatest American Hero, where it's yeah. like, oh, this weird. This, they they give him this super suit, but oh shit, he's lost the instructions and now he's stuck with it and he's just got to figure it out. Like I love like like weaving a, a sci-fi element into that kind of a story is, I will always love that idea. That is, yeah, that is, that's this. And this kid can see me as an alien. There's a one kid, I, I, I have this way to reconstruct my, uh, the molecules around me, so everybody sees me as this human, uh, Harry Vanderspiegel. This guy I kind of accidentally killed, and I take his identity. And uh, but this kid sees me, and it's a problem. So I, I have to, uh, I have to kill him. But what? It, what? It, <laughs> that's my plan. I have to kill him. Um, he becomes a really good nemesis. But the cool thing is, in watching the show, you see me as the alien. But then whenever the kid's around, he's looking at me, you see me as the alien. So you're always reminded of, oh, God, yeah, this, this is a, 
an alien. He's got big black eyes. He's got a little sheen on him. He looks kind of like an octopus. He's got some kind of octopus. That's that was what the alien comes from, a sort of octopus race. And so it's 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 fun to put yeah to play. And it's it's. I was going to say, ironically, ironically, this character um, just uh, left his home on his own planet to just be reclaimed by nature. He's very <laughs> Alan Tudyk. <laughs> he just relocated. He just suddenly relocated. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of syphilitic art back on his own planet that he's just willing to walk away from. Just, oh, syphilitic art. For some reason, I thought you said, it's got a lot of syphilitic heart. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> four stars. A lot of syphilitic heart around this <laughs> new sci-fi venture. <laughs> I don't know why I heard that. I was like, syphilitic heart. Yeah, just uh, four stars for <laughs> alien. Uh, <laughs> it has a lot. It's of a bad country song. I got a syphilitic heart for you. <laughs> that's it. That is a fucking like that's a blue that's a bluegrass song from the late 1800s. <laughs> that is absolutely a bluegrass song. <laughs> now I feel like we have to write syphilitic heart and have King Candy sing it. It's just like <laughs> just a traveling singer and he's just singing about all of his 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 maladies and he has all of them. He's got smallpox leg, he's got a syphilitic heart. Black lung. Well, yeah, black lung. He's got uh yeah, yeah, all of it. All of it. This is a great idea. Again, you know, every time I talk to you, I feel like we come up with a lot of great ideas that maybe are just great for just us. But yeah. I feel like a small percentage of people would also uh, enjoy the weirdness. I, I think so. I want to. I want to write a musical, um, a musical podcast about musicals that don't exist. So this could be one. This could be one <laughs> about it. A different musical that doesn't exist. Yeah, they're they're musicals that got lost, that slipped through the cracks of time, that this guy has discovered and and goes back over and re and uh, with found recordings and things like that, reacquaints everyone with this lost gem of uh yeah of a, of a musical that's a great idea a tremendous sounds like a tremendous amount of work yes episode, you're writing a new so is it is it like a half hour and it's like segments of songs or is it like full i think the way to do it the way that i'm i'm truly i'm approaching it because i'm right i'm i am writing this now i guess you don't do you share things you're writing or do you just have to i guess i am um uh it is a podcast. I want to make it as a podcast because it would be expensive to make as a half hour. Right. To put on a production, you need the sets, you need everything. So need to see if it works first <laughs> on a smaller budget. So I could do it as a podcast. It'll be like a investigative podcast um, that where they're uncovering a thing and finding it and you, and you have all the songs and you have, uh, yeah. So I'm working on that right now. You're cut with interviews or people are like, uh -huh. I don't know why every anyone thought that anyone wanted to hear about syphilis in the heart, but at the time we, we were just re-expressing what we were going through. You know, like one of those types of things. And it hit the zeitgeist like you wouldn't believe. It turned out 
there were a lot of hearts with syphilis out there. We didn't realize that the syphilis could get into the heart, but uh, but there we were. We were syphilitic millionaires. And this is my model of a syphilitic heart <laughs> made of wax. I'm going to pass this down to my great-great-grandson, whose name I suspect will be Alan Tudyk. <laughs> He's going to play an automaton. Wait a minute. So... <laughs> Yes, it's uh, one of the psychic powers that comes with the syphilitic heart. <laughs> I feel like uh, this podcast is needs to happen, and you know enough incredibly talented people that it would be it would be absolutely amazing. Are you going to write the music? Do you play music? I wrote a musical, a fake musical, with a guy named John Dinerstein, and uh, he he's great. He can do anything. He's like one of those people that, that does a lot of improv stuff that works um, uh, where, well, you'll get an idea for a, if it would be a, uh, a bluegrass musical called the syphilitic heart. And then he'll like immediately starts playing. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah. He, he starts, he starts all the different genre musical structures and whatnot. Yeah. And it's like, and the overture starts and he, without thinking starts going. So he's great. And he has oh. good, he has uh, good lyrics, and so I do know people. I really hope this is something that you are able to manifest. Um, okay. I constantly enjoy talking to you, and I feel like I need to just poke at you every once in a while to be like, "Hey, how's the thing going?" Because I just want to—I <laughs> just want to know if it's on track. Okay. Make sure. Okay. I—I—I I, I have signed up for a uh, a writing group which is mainly just a way for me to have deadlines because I'm the type of guy who'll go like, I, I got, I can do this other thing with my Oh my time. God. I need to know about this. Cause I'm the same time. I'm the same. I can't write without a deadline. Cause I just feel like what I don't, I, I need the structure. I need the yes. structure and the accountability. Yes. I don't just do it to do it. How, who is the Like what, what's, how's the group set up? I need to know more. It's it's eight to ten pages every two weeks, which is not much, but it is always by like week one. I'm like, oh god, dang it, ten, ten pages, man. Especially if you're writing something like this thing, because it's a lot of descriptive. Because it's a it will be a podcast, so it's a lot of like almost like a novel. A lot of the narration. Triple space it. You know, you'll you'll get to your (laughs) ten pages in no time. Um, uh, it's a guy named Pete Goldfinger. Who's a, I know Pete. A, you know Pete? Yeah, Pete. Yes, Pete. Pete. Uh, you know, Pete's wife Jen and I did House of a Thousand Corpses together. Oh, I've known them for twenty years, and I know I know Pete went on to uh, make Piranha Three. He wrote Piranha Three yes. D, which was fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete, and then Jillian Vigman. Do you know Jillian Vigman? Yes, of course. Really funny lady. He's and, married. Uh, Amy to Acker. J- yeah, Amy Acker's in it. Amy Acker. Yes, yes. I know all these people. Jillian's married to Dave Gibbs, who I did uh, Rock of Ages with, and who apparently, like, he's an incredible musician. Oh, cool. who's opened a bunch of really great restaurants. So I know all these people. Right. And Jillian's one of the funniest people so I've funny. ever met. So funny. Jillian, it, she is an incredible improviser. Like, yes. so, so fast. So unbelievably yeah. fast. 
yeah, that's a great group. You're 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 in a great group. Please, yeah, I I I, I love this group that you're. Okay, with. all right, all right. Writing stuff together or is the kind of thing where you all write your thing and then sort of pitch like like yeah, share we, it. We share it and then we all like comment on each other's shit. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's there. Come on aboard. We need a team name. We need a name. Uh, a, a group. <laughs> the scribes. That's terrible. Hearts. I need two weeks to come up. I need a deadline to come up with a title for the group. The syphilitic hearts. The syphilitic hearts. Syphilitic hearts club. We the are. <laughs> I bet Julian will like it. It sounds like a it sounds like a romantic Netflix comedy, the Syphilitic Hearts Club. It all takes place in like 1890, but it's just like a straight up romantic comedy with contemporary jokes. But it just happens to take place in like 18, 18. I guess that was sort of another period, which is which was uh, my friends uh, uh, Ricky and Natasha made this amazing show for Comedy Central called Another Period, and that's basically what yes. it was like upstairs, downstairs comedy but just with all kind of contemporary jokes and every funny person you could imagine in it this is this is great alan i'm i'm very happy for you that you have that you figured out a creative structure that's a very difficult thing to to pin down to motivate and uh and i'm also excited to watch your show yes man i think you're gonna like it it's uh chris sheridan who writes it uh who created it came from family guy and so he has a comic muscle that's very I don't know. He, it's very strong, and he, the, his, his humor. I don't anticipate it. Um, I don't see it coming a lot of times, and uh, that's that's rare and fun. That's a good. I I totally understand what you mean. I don't anticipate it because you, when you kind of live in a comedy world, you're always sort of, oh, I see how you got there to there. Okay, yeah, I see that. Right. And, you know, and so to be able to be surprised, yeah, is a yeah. great thing when you've seen and worked in comedy so much that that's where, you know, something's really special. Like, Oh, I couldn't track that. I don't know where that. Yeah, man. That person. I don't, you know. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. When you don't see the setup, you just, you're getting the punchline before you even realize you were set up for it. It's, it's great. Well, I want to make sure that people know that uh, resident alien is on sci-fi and the first season ends on the, 31st of March, I think. Yes. I think it sounds right. And, uh, and then, um, and you're we, working on season two, they're shooting season two. We just got a season two announcement yesterday. Nice. Yeah. Isn't that cool. Oh, so, we're coming up. That's the best feeling in the world. I know. And we'll get some pandemic shots and then we'll have a little time before we start season two to maybe go on vacation somewhere. Maybe, Go scuba diving. That's 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 what we like to do with our time. My wife and I. We go we go find coral reefs that are still alive and just get surrounded by that just abundance. It's brilliant. Is there anything else you want to plug or promote? Oh, I'm in a show called Devil May Care, which is now on after um it's an animated show where I play the devil. Uh and on sci-fi so now it goes resident alien and then devil may care comes on afterwards oh my god you're you're just you're 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 ruling sci-fi at the I, moment yeah and it's, it's weird it's not it wasn't a plan uh but it's <laughs> like 
Devil May Care, like this completely different thing that came from a different, yeah, sure, I'll audition. And then we did it and it, it's coming out at the same time. And now they're like, if you like Dallin Tudyk on Resident Alien, tune in next. Stick around. Yeah. For your, Tudyk for, Tuesdays. It's not it's on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, it's on Wednesdays. But it's yeah. a twofer of Tudyk. Definitely we get the twofer. But yeah. then what? But then you're also in uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, yes. If you saw Alan as the devil, <laughs> go over to Disney Plus and he plays a bug. <laughs> you need to be... You need to be your own announcer for your own, like just like a network TV announcer, but just for like, and if you, if you, if you still need uh, to more tunic in your syphilitic hearts, then stick around <laughs> over to Netflix and watch blah, blah, blah. And then, <laughs> and then if you're like, oh, my tunic entree was great. Where's my tunic dessert? Then, then stick around for, it's just constantly, the guys just constantly stick around. Here's a link for his TikToks where he's doing performative art. If you haven't had enough of that, Alan Tudyk will come to your house. <laughs> he'll leave his own, he'll leave all of his stuff at home and he'll just live at your house for a couple of years. And then don't get attached though, because he's going to leave you and let the earth reclaim you. So stick around. <laughs> I adore you. I love seeing you. I uh, will, I absolutely want to stay in contact and I just want to hear how all these things pan out. So all right, man. Fun comedy ideas pan out. All right. Well, hopefully you'll come aboard our, our uh, syphilitic heart. Uh, I'll mention it to Pete and then he'll bug you about it. God, you know, I, yeah. And it, it's, I, I really hope all of a sudden I feel the pressure of like, so I, like I, a couple of years ago, I wanted to take some some Berkeley online guitar classes, and I thought this is going to be great. This is going to give me the practice structure I need. So I start taking it, and I get the first week's assignment. I go, "Fucking great! I got a week to do this." Day six, I haven't done it yet. Fuck! <laughs> I start trying to do it. Turns out it's very hard. I fall behind. I ask for an extension. They give it to me. I don't meet that deadline. Like it just, and I just feel like the oh god, the pressure. And then, uh, then I and then I just avoid, and I'll go play Animal Crossing on Switch. So I hope <laughs> that I am able to live up to the expectation, and uh, and actually, uh, it do- is a it is an aim low uh, situation there. Just that is a just aim low. That's that's what I embrace aim low when it comes to writing and with that group, and I I feel like it's okay. Just it's like the uh, I'll I'll just be looking at a blank page going oh so this week <laughs> this is a swashbuckling tale of um uh, uh, a, a Las Opso who discovers that he is a wizard <laughs> and uh, boy when you wait to I can't wait to tell you how this one turned I'm just gonna be. <laughs> time chris you need to not aim so low i mean when we say low we don't mean that far <laughs> aim low. don't aim for the basement just aim yeah. for like low but yeah. not yeah the not vestibule low. get in the get on the first floor <laughs> aim low but get on the first floor there's a that's a motivational poster if you like that motivational poster from alan tudyk stick around <laughs> like <laughs> Just let the earth reclaim it and, and move to Canada. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, I hope to see you soon. And, uh, and thank you for thank you for being here in your living room. Yeah, man. But this is actually, yes, we'll just say it's my living room. This is my bed. This is where I spend most of my time. This is where I write. It's just a low, it's a low headboard. So oh, I looks, see that. Yeah, I thought it was a sofa. I thought you were on a sofa. Looks like a sofa, but it's a low. That's all the furniture here is very low. It's it's the Vancouver way. It's the it's the whole. That's the look. <laughs> no of this high way. furniture. Yeah, no high furniture. That's sorry, that's, you can't have any high furniture here. Okay? That's L.A. Yeah, come on, hey, we're on the West Coast. Say hey, they don't say. Hey. It's pretty. Hey. It's a beautiful day, hey. Hey, that furniture is pretty high there, hey. Uh, well, yeah, but uh, you know we're gonna <laughs> cut it down and uh, okay, okay. I'll help you <laughs> if you need a hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, man. Good to see you, Chris. Good to see you. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Right. Bye. Right. Bye. ID ten T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast, American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books.